Okay, Smoke and Snow session 21. In our last session, as our heroes valiantly saw off the Inquisitors that were witch-burning their way through Deer Sun, they were unfortunately cursed by one of the priests, I suppose you could call them, with a, a virulent disease. Both Malcolm Harp and Brock Montaigne were the recipients of this curse, which, according to the dying gasps of one of these Inquisitors, would surely claim their life within eight days. They spent a day travelling to the north to the small village of Haven, which is located just near the Khan Pass, and near a, a small stream and a brook. They asked there if they'd got a cleric, you know, looking for potential healing, and they were told that while there isn't a cleric there, there was a friar there. So we ended the session with them heading to, through this like village of like shepherds and sheep herds, to this friar to see if he could help. So you head through the village to a fairly small wooden building. You can see it's got like a wooden religious symbol sort of tacked up above the door but it's not like a massive church it's just a simple chapel effectively and as you're going towards it you see a familiar figure stood outside appears to be grooming a horse that's tied up to a little sort of wooden rail that's hammered into the ground and you see the figure of Atrix the young artist who was accused of being a witch in Deer Sun, and she was helped to escape by the retired adventurer Ariana, who basically gave her a horse, gave her some supplies, and was like, "Look, just get your ass out of town before those witch burners come for you." And you didn't, and she, she purposely told her not to say where you're going, because then if they try and like, get the information out of me, there's no way they can do that. So, yeah. You're not terribly surprised to see her. Obviously, this is like the nearest sort of settlement to Deer Sun, so it makes sense if she'd have gone north. This is the sort of first place she'd arrived. But she doesn't seem to have noticed you as you're approaching. She's like grooming this horse, which you assume is probably the one Ariana gave her. And she's sort of like brushing it down as it's it's drinking some water and like eating some oats or whatever as it's tied up. Over to you. Right, John. Tr Trixie is her name, is it? Atrix? Atrix, Trixie? yeah. Atrix. Um, so I'll just approach her calmly and just say, <clears throat> uh, Atrix, how are you? We're uh, recently arrived from uh, Deer Sun, uh, where we um, traded some blows with uh, priests, uh, the witch hunters. Um, and I'm happy to report that they are no more. Although the the priest, the priest of your son was uh, slain by them. She she looks a bit shocked to see you, and then she said, "She's like, oh well, I I can't say that I'm I'm sorry they're gone. I mean, all of that, all of that horrible business that, that was going on there with all the the accusations saying I'd blighted the harvest and." And stuff like that. Uh, it, it was a strange time, to to, to be honest. Although, uh, given everything that happened, I can't really blame people for being a little bit suspicious and a little bit flighty. But uh, I, I was glad when Ariana gave me the means to get out of the village. To be perfectly honest, 
Um, I, I, I travelled north. I, I followed the small. I found the small pond that um, this stream, which points to like the stream flowing by the village. This stream flows into. Um, stopped there to get a drink for the horse, and then just followed the stream upwards until I came across this village. It is lucky that you came across such a, an accommodating village of shepherds. Um, yes, they, uh, they've all been most kind. And what are your plans? Will you return to Deer Sun now, or will you stay here in Haven? I, I haven't really given it much thought, to be perfectly honest. Um, Obviously, it's not not been long since I arrived here, but um, I don't know whether I could. Much as Deer Sun is my home, as far as it was in uh, Valcona, and I honestly don't know if I could bring myself to go back there. I mean, aside from Ariana, everyone was so quick to to, to turn on me, and the accusations were so quick to start flying. I mean, I thought I thought I mean, these are people we we came over together on the boats. I mean, uh, as far as anyone goes, I thought we could trust each other. You know, we were trying to build a community, but. Well, when things got a bit, a bit unfortunate and a bit strange, everyone started turning on each other, and that, that that's not really what I want. So, um, I think I'm going to stay here for the meantime, and then I'm going to have a think about what I want to do in the future. Okay. Well, um, we come from a place called Lucille Land. Uh, oh yes, the, the the village along the coast to the east. Yes. Um, you know, should you wish to move to a bigger village than this one, you would be more than welcome to join us in New Zealand. Well, thank you. That's uh, very kind of you. I mean, as I say, I've, I've not decided what exactly I'm going to do in the future yet, but I'll um, I'll certainly think about it. Excellent. Thank you. Um, do you know where the friar is? Um, yeah, yes, he, he's just in the chapel and she like jets the wooden building behind him. Cool. Well, we will leave you to your work, um, and perhaps we will break bread later on in the day. Oh yes, I'd like that. And um, I, if there's anything I can do to, to help make your stay here more comfortable, please just let me know. We certainly will. And I'll open the chapel doors and head in. Yeah, no problems. You open the chapel doors. It's a fairly looks like it's a fairly simple wooden chapel there's it, it's not fancy by any means there's like a small wooden altar and there's a few sort of crude wooden carvings you know probably sort of done by a local that's sort of dotted around you can tell that um, most of them are obviously depicting the uh, the, the founder of uh, Rohalina religion although like I said they're, they're quite sort of crude but uh, as you head in, you can see a, a fairly sort of portly man wearing brown robes. He appears to basically be going around and he's, um, he's just like doing a bit of general tidying up, you know, like dusting everything down, etc. Make sure everything's sort of, he appears to be getting ready perhaps for a service or something like that, you're not sure. But he's just generally going around like dusting, like wiping down these, uh, like these crude wooden benches they've got for like the parishioners wiping down the statues stuff like that okay. as he obviously he hears the door open presuming you're all going in he, he looks up and he says uh, he says oh hello there hey how are you friar um myself and my friend here and i'll indicate brock uh i recently arrived from dear son 
where says, oh, we it's funny you should say that. We had a, we had a young lady from from Deer Sudden Way um, settling the village. She's just outside. Yeah, yeah, we've uh, Atrix. We know her well. Well, we've met her a number of times. He's like, uh, well, I, I was I was just about to. I've just finished my cleaning. I was just about to settle down and have a. Uh, a bite to eat and um, a spot to drink. Nothing fancy, of course, but uh, you, you and your friends, you're more than welcome to, to sit down and join me. Yes, yes, we certainly will. And he, he, sort of, he basically sits himself down on one of these wooden benches, gestures for you guys to sit down. He pu- he pulls out like a small sort of like knapsack, basically. Takes out like a sort of rustic loaf of bread and there's like a chunk of like hard cheese in there. He appears to have some sort of like bottle of ale in like a clay sort of like almost like amphora of ale and he, he puts down some simple like tin cups slops out this sort of slightly flattish ale but it's obviously beer you can tell by the smell yeah yeah, yeah. yeah he, he breaks the bread into a few chunks of like just puts them on the bench and then he crumbles a bit of the cheese or like puts it down he's like oh please um ha- help yourself well so i think we'll tuck in yeah have a drink yeah, he likewise uh, he takes a bit of bread and cheese and he's like nibbling it and having a little bit of uh, this ale. Uh, so, so what so brings you me, to our small village? He says, uh, "We are in need of healing. Yeah, uh, we, uh, we ran afoul of some uh, inquisitors. Oof. Um, so I guess in many ways we're lucky. They need to be buried and we need to be healed." Um, we also need to be healed, or we will also need to be buried. Um, so, like between mouthfuls of bread, he says, uh, "Well, I, I think that's sometimes the problem with uh, some, not all, but some people of the faith. I think a lot of people they sort of see it as a as a burden or like a, an occupation, you know, something something grandiose that you've you've got to sort of live up to. I mean, that, that's why I've never really never really gone in for all that, those clerical shenanigans, but." Uh, I'm I'm much more comfortable dealing with the, the the commonplace matters of local people trying to help out a bit here and there, give people a little bit of comfort when they need it, give them a place to come and talk when they need to unburden themselves. But aside from that, let people be people, let them get on with their normal lives. You know, they know I'm here if they need some help or they need some advice. If they don't, that's fine as well. Okay. And tell me, do you have much in the way of healing? Could you heal us of our affliction, do you believe? Okay, at this point, let's go to the first roll of the game. And I'm going to say, can you roll me a d4 and see what level of friar this cheeky chap is? Three. Okay, level three friar. Okay, let me just check. How many spells he will have as a level three friar? So he has two level one and one level two. So let me just check what level cure disease is, which is a third level. So he will not be able to cure you himself. So he, he sort of he examines you. He he sort of like. He gets out various herbs and poultices and stuff like that. But uh, after a bit of poking around, you could tell he's obviously got some sort of 
sense of sort of what's going on that it's not like oh you've got a cold or a sniffle or the flu or something like that and he after a few moments his face turns quite grave and he says uh, yeah so unfortunately I think uh, I think this is a, a little beyond my my humble abilities uh, of course I have I've been blessed I've been blessed by a my my patron with the ability to cure minor ills and things like that but i fear the i fear what ails yourself and your muscular friend there is a is a little bit beyond my uh, my meager abilities uh, unfortunately leander has not seen fit to yet to bless me with that uh, that, uh, level that of is power. truly unfortunate um do you know of any way that we might be able to cure ourselves or is there anyone else that you've come across in your travels who might be able to assist us? He, he thinks for a few moments and he says uh, well I, I can't cure you however the I do have a lot of experience with herbs uh, remedy, folk remedies things like that I've, I've become quite proficient at harvesting the, the herbs from around here and although I can't cure you I may be able to to buy you some more time with uh, with the various herbs that I have, which it, it is probably the best I can do. And then he, as though he's like just thought of something, he says, uh, "Although he says, a couple of weeks ago there was a uh, there was a fellow who passed through the village, didn't stay very long, um, just passing through, um, and he, I don't know." typical sort of snake oil salesman type uh, you know miracle cure oils and that sort of thing absolute rot most of it however he did have uh, a small container of this uh, this strange sort of greenish liquid which did genuinely seem to have almost I, I, and he sort of like crosses himself I don't mean to be to be blasphemous but I would say almost miraculous curative powers uh, he only had a small amount of it, and he was very loath to part with it, which, which made me think, oh, it must be the real deal because he was flogging his his ridiculous fake cures like they were going out of fashion. But uh, when I asked him about it, he said he'd uh, he said he'd come across it in a in a place. I think he said it was to to the northwest of maybe forty miles, something like that. He said he'd found this uh, this place where there was a. Uh, there was like a sunken pit of some kind. He was a bit vague on the description in the uh, in the ground. And he said there were all manners of wonders there, but they were defended by these these strange people. And he, he managed to only grab that small sample of the liquid, although he actually tried it, so originally the sample was a little bit bigger. And then he was forced to flee, which is why he wasn't keen on giving it up, because he didn't know, think he'd be able to get any more. I couldn't tell you where the fellow went. Um, like I say, he was only passing through. But he said he'd uh, he said he'd found an old an old map. I think he said he found um, that had like the, this location marked on it. And uh, when he went there, that's that's what he found. Okay. And uh, do we know whereabouts in the map that might be? Is it? Yeah. How much is 40 miles, I guess, is what I'm asking. Just give me a moment and I'll ping it for you. 
so you are looking at it being sort of hairish. Oh, okay. That's not a similar location to that treasure map you've got, is it? Because that's in the same sort of area, I believe. Okay. And I think with your local knowledge, Brock, and having seen this map, as he's describing it, you'll be like, if that's not the exact location, it's very much in the same area. Okay. And how many days do you think your um, your medicine might buy us? He, he thinks for a moment and you see him sort of like looking in his pouch and looking at all the various herbs he's got and he says uh, I, I'd say maybe another five, six, seven days I mean it's not exact but um, around, roundabouts there if, if assuming the the ailment continues at its present rate of progression that is okay and can you heal the damage done to us as well or he sort of looks and he says, um, "He says, yes, um, I, I believe that uh, that should be in my power. Um, the only thing I'm not sure about, though, is uh, I'm not sure about whether d d this illness that you're afflicted with, whether it will prevent my curative magics from taking place, uh, from taking okay. root. And he, he will indeed. He like he lays he lays a hand on Brock and he." He calls, assuming you don't like immediately. You're not like, no, be away, magic man. I'm a, I'm at the stage where I think I'm struggling to hold my head up. To yeah. be honest, which is why he comes over to you because you're the one who looks in most need. And he, he says, uh, he says, uh, Leander, please hear the prayers of your your good and faithful servant, uh, Friar Pearson. I ask you if this person be. Be worthy in your eyes that they not be of of our faith but that does not mean they may not be a worthy person please grant them your blessing that they may persevere and take take strength and find their own cure to this illness and he lays his hands on you and for a moment you do see what appears to be like light sort of spilling out from his from like under his hand as he lays them on you and for about a split second you start to feel a little bit better then it's as if the magic that's caused this illness sort of pushes that healing away and you feel the sort of warm glow of the faith of Leander receding and leaving you and it does not heal you. He, he, he looks at you and he he looks very apologetic as he looks around you all and he says, I'm terribly sorry, as I said, I, I feared this may happen. Uh, it would appear that whatever sorcery or whatever dark faith has afflicted you in this manner is far stronger than the, the than the modest abilities a humble friar like myself wields okay. well thank you for trying friar person uh, it's greatly appreciated I've, not at all I wish I could do more uh, you have done enough in truth you know four or five or as many as seven days maybe the difference between life and death when it comes to us um may i make a small donation to your church to reward you for your kindness he says um he says oh well 
that, that's very kind of you but please you, you don't have to do that it's it's enough satisfaction for me to know that i've that i've helped someone in need after all is I, i'm that that is what the faith of leander teaches that we must help other people to to better themselves and i can see that you are you're all trying to do that uh, your your manner speaks well of you it's i just wish i could do more please do not feel obligated to to donate no but but a modest donation you know might allow you to help someone else in need in the coming in, months in that case I, I would happily accept but only only whatever you can comfortably give please do not inconvenience or burden yourself by donating overly much um certainly money is not a problem that we have at the moment he sort of reels off into a bit of a spiel like the um the sort of main church of leander i.e the clerics has become like too distracted by all the sort of fripperies and the, the gaudiness of the of the sort of gold and the incense and stuff like that and he's like oh i prefer to just keep it humble i'm just uh and he starts spilling off and like oh you know just a fry yeah, and some yeah. bread and some beer that's what how about the local people but yeah he's like he'll, he'll happily accept whatever donation you you give him well, i'll give him 20 gold pieces okay um his eyes widen when he sees that because obviously like 20 gold pieces for like the common man is a lot of cash yeah. I mean it's like chump change for you guys but it's like a lot for a simple like country friar um, and his eyes widen and he's like he almost he's like stammering a little bit he's like he's not, he's not really sure what to say he's like I, I, I'm, thank you I'm, I, I'm a little bit overwhelmed uh, but, but thank you this, uh, this this will help us with the with the chapel and with the uh, with the villagers, particularly with the uh, with the winter coming in, obviously we're trying to uh, we're trying to we're hoping to build um, a new barn so that we can bring some of the animals indoors when the the hard winter starts hitting. I mean, they're they're hardy creatures, these sheep, but uh, against the full force of the Valconian winter, um, we're not sure how they'll do. So, hopefully, your your donation will very much help us. So, again, thank you, thank you very much. You are most welcome. And uh, should we manage to survive our affliction, um, we will return to um, help you in any way we can. Um, before we leave, uh, should the winter turn bad, uh, and if your people decide you need to leave this place, um we are to the south and west of here uh near the river mount uh and we have laid in plenty of food and we have a a small fortress building um that may offer some protection um hopefully you won't need it hopefully there will be no you know we'll get through this winter um I, I hope you're correct and we we do get through this winter but your your invitation is very gratefully received M most kind of you um just it, tell the guards when you arrive that malcolm harp sent you i i will do thank you it is it's good to know that we we have friends in Valcona and there if we do need a, a fallback position that we, that we have an option so again a thousand times thank you yeah very well um I'll turn to the guys then and be like, <clears throat> it feels like we should leave now. Um, 
take the medicine. Now we should go. Do you have enough of everything else? Uh, we still have we still have the ponies and the cart, so we have plenty of food. Um, and we have a teamster, so I think we're fine. Well, time is certainly of the essence. Mm-hmm. Are we proposing to swing by for Eastbourne? Eastburn, in case there's someone there? Or are you taking this new information as our only option? Or our best option, should I say? Uh, how many more days is it? We're sort of northwest rather than sort of north, I guess, if we went that way. Uh, how many miles for you today, John? Okay, do you have enough horses for all of you, or are you walking? We have a pony and cart. Okay, yeah, so you can probably all fit in the cart. Yeah. That's reasonable. So you're probably looking at, you can probably travel about 24 miles a day, give or take. Okay. Obviously, that's on, like, ideal terrain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And assuming you don't get lost or anything. So it's 18 miles to Fort Eastburn through the mountains, so say a day, day and a half for that. And from there... It's 33 miles. I will point out at this level, if you wish, you can like you can effectively do like a forced march, which increases your speed to like 150% of its normal, but you gain, like even though you're on a cart, you would gain an exhaustion level for doing that, because that's like you not sleeping, that's just you riding through the night. Yeah. But just to make you aware that that option's available, because I see times of the essence. Pressing. I just don't know how long we'd lose in Fort Eastburn. And yeah, would the, would the friar know if there was anyone in Fort Eastburn who could help? They must be dealing with the fort. He says that he's not aware of anyone who could assist you in Fort Eastburn. He said, that, "Of course, that that doesn't mean there isn't. It's just that I'm, I'm personally not aware of it. I mean, we do a, we do a little bit of, a, a little bit of trading. Uh, what we did with the fort, but." Uh, Yeah, it was only because that's the, the most people, isn't it? I guess in the whole yeah. area is 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 based there. But it's it's only an idea. It's just if we go it up, it feels here, like it's just over two days to get to where the map leads us, and it's one and a half days potentially to get to Fort Eastburn, and then two more days up. So, for an extra day, giving that we have the medicine, that should give us an extra few days. It feels like the prudent option is to call in the fort, see if there is. Um, yeah, all I'm thinking is if we get all the way up there and for whatever reason we don't find anything that's going to aid us, we'd probably have to come back anyway. Yeah. Because that would be our probably our only other option. So I'm just thinking while we're here, it might be quicker or easier. Imar, any thoughts? 
uh, it feels like any way we actually do go, uh, there's there's going to be an unknown amount of danger, uh, which I'm I'm not sure how we're going to step around any of it, really. Um, I don't I don't really have a I suppose a preference because I, I think in any way we go it's it's going to be um, quite the the challenge especially going with a cart uh, yeah. long distance uh, we're eventually gonna get into enough hills and foothills that it's yeah I think the problem is we probably can't walk here at this stage yeah, there's that too for the um, distance i'm just yeah. wondering the other the other thing that might help uh, for eastbourne is maybe we could get a couple of sort of um men at arms fighter types just to help us on the journey in case we do run into anything because we're not really up to it will, yeah. combat either hmm. okay if well then let's do that then let's go to fort eastbourne see if there a healer uh see if we can hire some mercenaries to uh guard our cart as we travel north so are we feeling good about fort, fort eastburn uh in its current state to find good yeah <laughs> we're accepting that that is where we need to go okay uh that, how we that, feel about that we are not quite sure okay that that is that is actionable uh i think yes let's <laughs> Let's let's go with that. And if nothing else, there's bound to be cutthroats there that are uh, looking to the hired. So, yes, and let's just hope they don't call hardroats. Okay, so feel free. I, I can still fight. So, <laughs> feel free to move your your token on the the main map. There's no risk of getting lost at this stage because, like, you can see the fort in the distance. So, you know, we'll just head towards the fort. You're, you're navigating on like known landmarks, so that's fine. I've drawn, I've drawn another circle on the map around Haven that you might delete from. Oh, yeah, that's fine. I'll get, I'll get them in a minute. It's not, yeah. it's not vital. Okay. Okay, so I'm going to make just a quick roll to see if anything happens while you're moving. Okay, no, so as you're, as you're heading on, pretty much as, a, as the crow flies, like a straight path, you get to about sort of here-ish. And although nothing happens to like impede your progress, as you're in that area, you hear like lots of like wolf howling sort of in the distance, and occasionally you glimpse wolves in the distance, but like none of them sort of menace you, they're always like a bit too far off. And at this point I'm gonna ask, can you each roll a D six for me? What sort of direction was that of interest, John? What where the wolves were coming from? Yeah. They were sort of around this area here, so you think probably amongst the trees. Okay. That's either amazing or we're dead. Yeah, I, that's... <laughs> it's, it's it's absolutely fine. So yeah, so that that was just basically to see if you guys spotted anything like particularly untowards or any extra info about the wolves or whatever's going. On. You didn't. You were just like, oh, there's some wolves in the distance. When we got time for that right now? Yeah, probably head the other way. Yeah, let's keep let's give them a bit of a wide berth and like keep the cart rolling. So yeah, so. You make it to the fort, Fort Eastburn. As you get there, again, it's very similar to 
Fort Kersey as was. It has like a large wooden gate house, you know, wooden wall around the side, and you can see the wooden buildings inside. There's a, unlike sort of like previous forts you've been to, there's not like quite such a frenetic like market town air over the place. Everything seems like a little bit somber, but you can see, you know, like guards stood on the, the walls. You can see sort of people like moving around inside. There's people sort of outside, you know, like farming animals, stuff like that. All the normal sort of stuff you'd expect to see. But like I said, there's just this slight sort of air of, I suppose, gloom sort of hanging over the place. It seems like a bit deep. Everyone like you see, like the sort of stragglers on the outside, everyone looks a little bit, a little bit sort of depressed and a little bit downtrodden, I suppose. Not in a sort of like, oh my God, we're under danger ways, but like just in a sort of like, oh, everything's a bit. Okay. Uh, so I guess we should approach the gate. Okay. So uh, I I propose if we have like tarps and blankets and whatnot, like let's try and cover up the fact somehow that we're <laughs> we're severely under the weather here. Yeah, because um, like, anyone looking at like Brock or Malcolm will be able to tell there's like something not right. Yeah. So maybe um, maybe we're pilgrims now. Um, and uh, you 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 take on a robe-like appearance. Oh, we got the, we got the clothing for it. I'm sure cloaks. Yeah. And oh yeah, that's first, so yeah. you can cover up as much as possible. Yeah, it's it's just something we because there's going to be a lot of people here, and uh, mm. if, if they think, it, you know, the only one person needs to figure that this is you know pox or something like that, they're going to string us up. So. Yeah, especially with winter coming on, you don't want anyone with like a potentially. No. I mean, no. you guys know it's enchanting, so it's not contagious. But yeah. we, we've already seen what can happen in these villages when someone's just like, "Hello, bitch." Yeah. Well, I mean, do you want us to stay outside with a wagon and just do a bit of inquiring inside? I I can do that if you want. That's well, honestly that's up to you because you, you're the you're the ones with most on the on the line here. So, what do you think is? But the I best? guess it should be. I think if you go in, hire the mercenaries and ask around about a healer. Mm -hmm. If there is a healer, you can come out and we can go back in. Yeah. Um, whereas I think let's not draw attention to ourselves. Right. Um, so if if you stay out, you if anyone asks your pilgrims, you know, praise Leander and um, uh, I'll I'll go in. They they won't look twice for someone looking for a couple, you know. Sword hands and a and a healer, yeah. Like that, mm. That's a that's a thing. So I, I suppose we'll do that. that. That'll keep you safe. Yeah. Okay. At the moment. So if I'm correct, Brock and Malcolm are staying outside with the car. If anyone asks, you pretend to be pilgrims. Why am I going to head into yeah. a fort? Okay. Yeah. So as you're heading towards the fort, like say you see like a number of you know, men at arms, like soldier types, mm -hmm. like mercenaries on the the wooden walls, and sort of standing like. On the, in the, on the sort of gatehouse, like above the actual gate, there is a man wearing sort of dark brown furs and sort of like darkish robes, and he's wearing like a strange like half face mask that sort of covers that the upper part of his face, and it almost has like sort of backwards pointing like horns on it. it looks like it's maybe made out of some sort of bone or something like that. And um, as you're heading up to it, he looks down and he says. Um, who approaches the gates of Lord Brannon? 
Hmm. <laughs> we didn't really identify ourselves to anyone, did we? Uh, aside from our friends in the, in the you know, <laughs> in the forest now. Um, so I guess no one would know us. So mm -hmm. I'll, uh, yeah, I'll I'll just pick. Um... Hmm. Yeah. So I um. I will be wearing my gear to look like a, an adventurer. Mm -hmm. So I'll have my armor on, my bow in full view. I'm not trying to hide anything. Yep. The fact that I'm I'm equipped for violence, um, as you are. And uh, I will identify myself as... Uh, Adam Walsh. Okay. He says, he shouts down, he's like, and what is your business in Fort Eastburn, Mr. Walsh? There's glory to be had, they say. Over here, it, it, amidst it, the snow and ice. It, he nods and he says, aye, that there is, that there is. And he like, looks down to obviously someone like behind the gates and he's like, he's like, sell sword, open the gates. <laughs> At which point you hear like people moving around behind the mm -hmm. gates and that you can hear like the pulling of like ropes, some sort of simple like pulley system and the wooden gates are like, and creak open. And as you look inside, you can see like people doing their normal business. You know, most people are getting their supplies ready for the winter. You know, battening down the hatches, that sort of thing. There's still a little bit of trading going on, but obviously there's not so many ships coming over at the minute. So there's not like the big trade there was in the summer. But there's still people like trading amongst themselves. You know, there's people trading like pelts and furs. Stuff like that, people trying to buy, people coming in from like little villages trying to get their supplies, yeah. or people who want to go exploring, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, so it, it's a, I think we probably didn't dwell on it so much, but this is one of the trade hotspots here, mm. which is something that uh, uh, Weimar is definitely like taking into account now that it's actually when when winter is coming, this this place does the business uh, in this area because they have walls. Yeah, um, basically, yeah. Uh, they're, they're like as safe as you can be realistically yeah. um, mm -hmm. one thing you do notice as you walk in which I'm sure I've mentioned before but I'll bring it up again is you notice there's a number of people who are obviously like ice nomads or ice walkers around mm -hmm. and obviously you knock around with one of them Brock so you sort of recognise and they're all very rugged they're all very like lean and muscular because they're like they live in a harsh mm -hmm. environment they have to be like hard to survive mm -hmm. But you can see there appears to be like more of a mix of them here. I mean, you've seen some of them like dotted around, but they mainly sort of live on like the ice flows, like around the coast of Alcona. But there actually seems to be like quite a sort of sizable number of them, like dotted around. Some of them are on guard duty. Some of them are just like trading, doing like the normal business. Yeah, um, I'll take in the view for a bit, and um, I suppose I'll mingle. In, in the sort of trading hubbub uh, of the place. And uh, I will um, try and scope out a couple of ice walkers that might be looking to be in the in the sort of like mercenary business. Okay, that's absolutely fine. Yeah, it's, it's not difficult. To, I mean, ice walkers are pretty nomadic anyway. 
um, it's not difficult to find someone who are willing to like hire on with you. I mean, mm -hmm. from what you'll have heard from like Brock, as you've just been generally mm -hmm. talking, like they're probably like outcasts from their tribe. That's really the only reason like they'd be here yeah. for a period of time, or why they'd hire themselves out. But mm -hmm. people could be outcasts for any number of reasons. It's not necessarily because they're bad people. They could have just like yeah. run afoul yeah. of the wrong person in charge or whatever. Yeah, or they just generally disagree. <laughs> With, with what's going on um so i'll um yeah I'll, I'll look for a couple of like older ones um w with that weimar is thinking if if you got to be old <laughs> and you're an ice walker um that, that's that's probably a sign of you're you're very tough and uh, capable so that's sort of his measuring stick as he yeah, that's oh. absolutely fine. Can you roll me a d6, please? That's a, that's a six. Okay, so they're not all ice walkers, but like the older ice walkers, they're effectively the equivalent of like heavy foot troops because yeah. they're more well-armored, they're tougher than in the lay of the land. Yeah. And as you sort of look around, there are a couple of ice walkers, but in terms of like heavy foot troops as a whole you see like about six that you think are probably like skills you you know how to assess people's skill like you can look at people mm -hmm. and be like oh he's just a poser who's got a sword whereas yeah. you know how people carry themselves and how they tie mm -hmm. their equipment that they're obviously mm -hmm. practiced you can see six people that are like heavy infantry that you're like they, they've probably got some skills yeah right okay um well in in a flashback we probably figured that i need to carry the actual coinage to hire these people so yeah I, i'm, per I'm perfectly up. happy for you oh, just to like deduct yeah. from the group total and assume yeah. that you've like been given yeah. some money so I, w I will have brought like bags of silver is it that we have um yeah uh, we have gold oh we have gold good yeah we have like 1500 or something somewhere. yeah yeah so um i have the bags of gold in my uh backpack and uh, i will have taken these six aside and um Would you uh, kindly ping on the map again where the sort of end goal was for us? Yeah, no problems. Just so I can adequately explain to our friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we are indeed uh, looking for an expedition group uh, heading some miles to the north past uh, the cool hills hmm. and um on to uh, like the forest edge of the northern or the northwestern edge of the gray heights where the forest meets the the mountains is where we are intending to head and we need capable hands and there's uh, adequate pay and we have food. So the the oldest of the ice walkers, a sort of like slightly grizzled man, says, uh, "And uh, what would you term adequate pay?" Okay, so we've hired our guards. What's the sort of going rate for our current people? Uh, three quid a month for. The, the general moves. Yeah, the, the 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 footman, I guess. Yeah. 
The heavy guys are better, I suppose. Yeah, the after after a little bit of discussion and back and forth yeah. that we just sort of skim over, yeah. they're they're basically asking for like five gold pieces a month five. each. Yeah. yeah, no problem. And you can see that like they all appear to have like the equivalent of like chain mail. They've all got wooden shields. Yep. They've all got weapons. So they're like they've got their own kit. Although they I'm don't actually, they don't have horses, which yeah. Notice. And I'll 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 give them um, ten gold signing poems each. And uh, Malcolm, do we need to get more uh, food now? No, we have plenty of food. Okay, but we may need ponies or horses for your. Right. So, what's the market for beasts of burden here? There don't appear to be that many, to be perfectly honest. There's a few horses, a few mules. Not a great deal, though. Can I get a couple of horses and a cart? And we can work at the old If we set up a like an APC <laughs> full yeah. of these heavy footmen. <laughs> it's like a longboat, but a cart. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so roll me a d4. Okay. That's a uh, two. Right, there's there's a total of two horses available for sale at the moment. Yeah. Um they are they're, they're riding horses. Um the the person who's selling them is asking for 75 gold coins per horse. Can we afford that? Uh, we can, yeah. 150 for the horses? Yep. Yeah. So we'll, we'll put that down. Okay. And the extra 60 that I, I wanted to give these guys as a signing bonus because I, I, I want to buy them outright, not like, you know, <laughs> negotiate. And if you want to buy a cart, that will cost you 100 gold pieces. I suppose we're good for a cart. It would be a useful thing to have in the future. I mean, it wouldn't just be this expedition if we can bring it back. Um. So, is there any ponies? Or is it just literally those two horses? It's just uh, the two horses available. Okay. And do we think that we could make better speed with two carts and two? If we split our, pon our ponies between two carts, you don't think it'll make a, a great deal of difference? To be honest, obviously, you have to avoid like some of the rougher terrain okay. because of the carts. So you don't think it'll make a vast amount of difference in the grand scheme of things. Okay. okay. I, I will say having two cards gives us some advantages in different situations. Uh, we'll, we'll have more, you know, carrying space, obviously. And um, yeah, it also means you're um, you have the infantry going to be like foot slogging it and slamming the party down as well. Because you can only go as quick as like your slowest member. Basically. Yeah, and I, I suppose they'll, they'll be fresher as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, do we want the second cart? Yeah. Okay, so 100 for that. Okay. So, I'll replenish my um, uh, black powder stuff. Okay, and as you're doing all of this trading, you're 
you've just finished like buying your car you've done the deal you've got all the stuff you wanted you've got your hirelings etc you you just sort of like hear out of one ear you hear a, a slightly sort of imperious voice like looking at some of the uh, the other wares that other people are selling and the voice says uh, how much you say well I suppose there we go and as you sort of like look turn your head and like glance out the corner of your eye you can see a a very pale very beautiful looking man long black hair he's wearing like big sort of like mink style like furs around uh -huh. his neck he's got like a long green dark green flowing robe he's wearing the noble gear it's all very well uh -huh. turned out very sort of pricey pricey and he, he appears to just be like bartering for some like food with somebody and just like inspecting the goods and you yeah, see so him like, throw, he just like throws some coins to this person and he's like he, he's got some sort of a I don't know, probably like a like an apple or something like that. Just a bit of fruit. Yeah. <laughs> I mean I mean, does he bite the apple and then toss it over his shoulder though? No, I think he he, he does bite it, but I think he like eats all of it. <laughs> yeah. Probably, because he's a sensible person. But I will um discussing with one of my um, new friends here, I'll I'll jerk a thumb at this guy and uh, it's like so uh, we're we're <laughs> I'm I'm not really a local, so is is this one of the folks from the keep? It's like a yeah, that's uh that's Brannon, the Lord of the Fort. I thought the Lord was supposed to be old. He says, well, he was, but he uh, he was sick and he died, didn't he? And uh, well, he didn't have any sons or anything, so uh, Brannon's in charge now. So it's the new Lord, okay? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Wonderful. Well. Hopefully he keeps longer than the other one. Yeah. Hopefully. Well, I will get my new friends on our cart, and we shall ride it out. No problems. Yeah, you leave the you leave the fort without incidents. So yeah, we <laughs> we'll we'll arrive in our battle cart um, to meet Malcolm and Brock. Yep, so YMR pulls up like two horses hitched to like a big cart. There's a couple of like older sort of like battle scarred ice walkers um, wearing sort of like thick furs, chainmail, wooden shields, swords, and there's like a four similarly attired but not ice walkers sort of guys behind them, although they obviously look like they're sort of veterans, they've seen combat before. Good pickings. Yeah. Uh, and can I just check what your since you did the hiring can I just check what your charisma is abysmal uh, okay. I will have you know <laughs> it is in fact 7 ok can you roll me 2d6 that is 8 ok and I'm going to put a plus 2 bonus on it because you gave them all the sign up bonus so that means that the starting like morale value of these guys is eight, which is pretty good. Oh. Yeah. The, so the, if they get the money point, offsets me being it. terrible. So if they, if they get into a point where they have to make a morale check, it's two d six. If they get equal to or below the morale check, they're fine. Not too bad. Okay. Yeah. So I 
I presume we, we do the introductions. Uh, I'll let everyone know that Adam Walsh is kind of a nom de guerre. Uh, and uh, actually, it's, uh, it's indeed Weimar. Yeah, but they're, they're fine with that. Most of them, as long as they're getting paid. Yeah, give a, shit, give a shit what you call yourself. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Uh, I, I guess, do we have other business to tend to here? I'll mention that I saw I put eyes on our uh, our friend, the former steward of this keep. Now the lord. We'll, we'll come back to him. Yeah, he seems to be doing quite well for himself. Mm. Yes, yes, he does. Right, on our way. Onwards. Have you inquired about healing? Ah, oh, yeah, that is something that I completely blanked on. I I don't think they would have perhaps priests <laughs> looking no, for no. work. You you would know. I'm quite happy to say you looked around for it. It was discussed. Yeah. You did notice yeah. there was like a distinct lack of clerical types. Yeah, um, none, of the, none of the new hired hope or the hired help, should I say? I've got any ideas? I, I tell you what. Roll me a d12, Darren. And if you get a one, I will say against all the odds, there is someone who knows something about healing, because obviously these are just sort of like men at arms, so normally they wouldn't. No, no, they're just thumb monkeys. Yeah, um, I. Without going too deep into it, I don't think uh, the new lord of the land is necessarily all that no. uh, friendly with the. Spiritual types. Or any types. <laughs> uh, true. As you're saying that, like one of the like one of the, like, the older ice walkers is like <laughs> <laughs> And when you sort of look at him he's like, Well, you could say that is that like, well not but a few days after uh, after Brannon took George, well he, he ran all the priests out of the place. Getting the marching orders. There you go. Is where that, did they that, go? Well, I d I don't know. Oh. Yeah, they, they were just, they were just told like they, they had like twenty four hours to like get their stuff and get out. Basically, mm. he's like the only priests. He says like sort of with an implicit question mark. You'll find in there now are, uh, are the the weird lot who follow Brannon around with the the, the masks and that. He says that they could they can apparently do some stuff, but he's like. I don't hold with any of that sort of devilry and any of that magic. Magic's yeah, it, a tool for weaklings. It, that, that sounds like a very special type of priest. Uh, he says, well, I don't trust anyone who hides their face. What do you got to hide under there? He says, it, 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 in my people's way, and he sort of like, gives like, Brock like, the nod when he's saying this. He's like, Amongst our people, he's like, you know, if you've, got, if you've got a problem with anyone, you've got a beef with them, you face them head on. You deal with it then and there. None of this, like, hiding yourself behind masks or wearing fancy robes and all that bullshit. He's right. Yeah. Well, I'm very glad that we value directness and honesty in, in present company. That is a wonderful thing, truly, to have. Um, he's like, well, you you've paid, you've paid to have our services. That's what you get. He says, like, he says, 
I know all these people here. He says, I mean, granted, these four any sort of gestures of the four normal guys. He's like, they're not like of my people, but you know, they're good. They're good lads, really. They make do. Yeah, you know, he's like, no one's perfect. Yeah, in a, in a pinch they'll do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you see, he, he sort of like laughs as he's not looking over at the others to let him know, like he's just kidding. Yeah. And you, you, get, you get a, you get a sort of vibe of like I mean, you've been in like the army. You get mm -hmm. like that sort of like they've got like a soldierly yeah. respect for each other because they've all been in like tight situations. Yeah, because yeah, it it takes a like there's a special kind of bond that forms when you're in the mud together about to die yeah. <laughs> constantly. Like, you think sort of like now that you've had a bit of a chance to chat to these people as you're like traveling and whatever that it probably worked out quite well that you went in to hire them because obviously. You, you put off that vibe of like you've seen some things, you've been a soldier which they sort of like respond to yeah and I have my, uh, my peg leg as well exactly yeah. like, hey, like I, I've been in some stuff um, yeah I um, I'll say to uh, our, our uh, elderly uh, or older uh, ice walker friend and at this point I'm going to ask what, what would you like this ice walker guy to be called ah let's pull out a name shall we Go for this. Um, uh, let's call him Bullseye. Okay, nice. It's just uh, again soldiers with the with the monikers. It's there's a story to that probably. Yeah, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say the <laughs> the the reason they call him Bullseye is because he's actually got like a big scar that runs and just misses his eye. Mm -hmm. And uh, <laughs> he said he said he basically says he got it from like a bear attack. And um, the other ice walker is like, oh yeah, but he was like drawing his bow and hunting, and he like held, he held the bow until he got the perfect shot to the point where it was like almost up, and it was like clawing at him, and it was only mm -hmm. when he got the perfect shot he finally like let go of the arrow and like killed it in a wanna. Mm -hmm. So I'll, I'll say to Bullseye that, yeah, I, um, th this this is the kind of thing I hear constantly from our Kalna friend, um, not with us presently, but. Uh, if he was, you would know. Um, <laughs> there's a there's a great deal that apparently no one can do better than the Kalna. He says, "Wow, yeah, they do like to talk a bit, don't they?" No. Anyway, glad to have you, gentlemen, on board. I'll I'll shake everyone's hand. Yep. Uh, and while the money is going to be coming as promised, hopefully you're satisfied with your uh, current present circumstances. It will remain so as long as we draw breath and um aside from all that i'm i'm just glad to have you on board really um good people are worth more than gold uh, he says yeah bullseye says yeah well to be honest uh, me and the lads we're uh, we're quite glad to get out of uh, eastburn since since the trades dropped off a bit and since brannon took over there's i mean it used to be those well back when the old lord was in charge uh Ancestors rest him. Uh, they, uh, there used to be plenty of trade going backwards and forwards. Plenty of people looking to hire on guards for caravans and whatnot. That's all sort of like tapered off a little bit. So, to be honest, if you like and come along, we were thinking of heading out soon anyway, just to try and like find greener pastures, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Right. Let's find us some pastures, shall we? Okay. Where were you guys planning to head to? I think we probably want to skirt the, the hills because of the terrain, right? Yep. I think so. 
Yeah. Okay, so move yourself to move your token so, to where you want to go. Okay, so. Um, So I'm thinking if we want to do something like here and then here, like just avoid all the like the rough yep, that's stuff fine. as long as we can. And, uh, that feels like about a day's work there, John. Twenty-four ish. Yeah, that's that's fine. I'm I'm happy to go with that. So it's taking you a couple of days, all told, traveling so far. That's fine. Yeah. Okay, so. Can, whoever's like your wayfinder, whoever's leading, which is up to you guys. Can you make me a D6 roll? Because you're not really following like a like natural features now. You're just wandering through the hills. So um, I have a skill that I think allows me to roll a D12. That's correct. Yeah. So since Brock is resting, I guess I will. I think you got better skills than me when it comes to that, anyway. I don't know, okay, no, 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 no idea what I'm after doing there. Uh, just let me roll a d12. And yeah, that's fine. <laughs> okay, now you're not going to go ridiculously off course because you are following the line of the hills. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to roll a d6. If I get a 1 to 3, you've got a bit that way. If I get a 4 to 6, you've got a bit that way. So you're not going to be completely off track, but you're just going to meander a little bit. So let me roll up D6. Okay. This is not going to be like the cove all over again, is it? <laughs> well, that one time! One time! That, that one time. I think it's about three times in a row, but okay. Yeah. Okay, so you guys have actually... That one day... Yeah. So you guys, as you've sort of got a little bit out of sight of the hills, obviously the snow falling, the visibility is not great. You basically meander a little bit further west than you'd originally intended, and you realise this when you start getting to like the tree line where your token is, because you're like, oh, if we're hugging the hills, we, we shouldn't be in the tree line. But okay. you, you know that you've not gone massively out of your way. And this is where we're going, John, is it? Up here beside this tree? That's correct, yep. Okay, cool. Okay. Actually, let me just, let me just check and I'll tell you wrong. Yeah, that's correct. But basically there where that little dot is. Cool. You also know you're not too far sight of the supposed sight of the center stronghold. Mm-hmm. Obviously, another day's passed, so you all cross off a ration. Yeah. I'll take care of that. Okay. So, like I say, you're in, you're in this tree line. I'll do a quick roll to see if any like random encounters or anything like that happen. Ooh, a random encounters occurred. Potentially. All right. Just farm on a random encounter table. But 
Okay, so as you're as you're travelling, you start coming across these odd sort of like bumps in the ground, almost like burrows, sort of like holes in the ground with like some sort of heaped up dirt around them. And as you're sort of heading through them, you start hearing this sort of like clacking, chattering sound. And any of you who have met these before, you you spot in the distance what appears to be a giant tiger beetle. They're like the heavily armoured beetles that you saw previously. Now, you've spotted them. They're sort of a bit further into the woods where it's a bit more sheltered from the cold. And they've obviously got a nest or some sort of burrow or something like that in there from the sort of signs about that Brock and Malcolm can easily identify. Now, they're not rushing to attack you, but you're pretty sure that if you go further westwards into these woods you're probably going to start coming across them and obviously if you if you start messing around with like their nest or their burrow then potentially it's going to become more of an issue but the okay. the couple you see appear to be like noticeably more sluggish than you remember the previous ones you've seen perhaps it's due to the cold you're not sure and how do we remember how strong they were they were they were pretty heavily armoured. You remember last time you sort of fought against them. The main problem was once you actually got through the armour, killing them wasn't too difficult, but it was just getting through the armour. So many of your attacks like, just bounced off this like armoured carapace of these like okay. giant uh, tiger beetles. Uh, can we like move a mile to the east and just camp away from them? Yeah, that's absolutely fine. Not a problem. Okay, so just... Yep. So you, time to be dealing yeah, with beetles. Yeah, you move. You move a little bit out of the woods. You, you, your evenings camp isn't quite as comfortable because there's no shelter from the snow and the wind and stuff like that. But we're not yet in the deep, deep winter, so it's not too bad. Okay. Obviously, our... ne next morning comes around. You know, you make a bit of breakfast. You, you take all your camp down, all your normal stuff. You're packing stuff into carts. Obviously, your hirelings are overseen by like bullseye, like helping out with that, and then like loading stuff onto the carts and checking their weapons, like polishing their swords, checking out like the links on the chainmail, stuff like that. Okay. Okay, so it feels like. About a day's travel to where we want to go. Yep. So, are we happy to just go there, straight there? Yeah, okay. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. I think any time we can save, I, I think we should. Okay, roll me your D12, Malcolm, see if you manage to find your way there. Uh, yes. Yeah, so no problem. Now you're a bit more out in the open and you can get a bit more of the lie of the land. And obviously you've, you've got the original map that you, that you can sort of follow. You manage to find your way there without too much trouble. Now, as you're sort of heading towards this area, the sort of trees start to thin out a little. The hills become a little, a little shallower. And as you sort of get to roughly the area 
where you think obviously the treasure map's not exact nor were the directions of Friar Pearson. So it takes you about a day of searching around to find what you think maybe this is what we were supposed to find. I'm not sure. And it's literally like a big sort of teardrop shaped hole in the ground where that like part of the ground appears to have like fallen in. take it the map was just like a cross wasn't it yeah, it's just very much so. x, x marks a spot sort of thing yeah and how did the friar sort of explain it is it the same sort of um same sort of description he didn't describe it in any great detail he just said this guy said he'd found this uh he found this hole he got, it oh, was right. guarded by strange people he went in there, he saw all these like riches, but he was only able to like snag this like little vial of whatever it was and then uh, make his way out. And is this hole big enough for us to get down into? Yeah, I mean, you'd only be able to go down it one at a time, but yeah, it's big enough. Okay, and what can we see when we look down into it? Okay, as you look down into it, you can see this sort of like this teardrop shaped cavern and a short distance away from the sort of hole that you're peering down through is another hole that seems to go deeper. Okay, so we have to drop into the cavern to look down the second hole, is that? Yes, that's correct. Okay. okay, so I will drop down the hole okay. onto the second floor or onto the first floor. Um, what is the floor made up of? Is it Okay, so I'm going to move. I'll move you all onto the map just so you can all see what's going on. I've put all your tokens there, but obviously, like Malcolm's, at, just so you can see. But obviously, like Malcolm's, at the only one who's actually in there at the minute. Let's wait for it to ping you all across. Okay, so as you drop down, is everyone on the map? Or? Uh, I'm not yet. Okay, no problems. Second. Yeah, no worries. Okay, cool, I'm there. Okay, lovely. So as you drop down, as I say, you see this teardrop-shaped cavern. These three sort of pale grey things you can see there, that signifies that like, the floor rises a little bit okay. up at this end. You can see there is a... There's the hole in the ceiling here. If I'll do it. There we go, hole in the ceiling there. 
and there is a hole in the floor there. When you okay. look, when you look down through that hole, again you see a, a much larger but similarly sort of strangely shaped chamber. Again, with like another hole sort of further below it. So it seems like a series of chambers where you use these holes to like go further down. Although the the shape of the cause obviously you're you're a man of the woods and of the world. The shape of this cavern is like quite odd. You've like you've never seen like a cavern like it. Like the walls are like smooth. There's no like craggy rocks or anything like that. The walls are just smooth. Okay. So if I examine the top of the hang on, here I am up here. Um can I see anything up here? Okay, as I say you see the the, the ground slopes upward slightly and the cavern appears to like taper again into like a sharp point and again it's all sort of smooth and sort of perfectly formed like doesn't look like natural sort of rock formations you've seen before at all but you don't see anything particularly noteworthy in that okay um so i will drop down into the next one okay and it should have automatically moved you on to the the next one it did Okay. And again, this appears similar. The the floor slopes up smoothly, and sort of appears to like turn around this corner in this smooth, sweeping, almost like organic sort of looking like arc. This may be a about two minutes too late to ask, but are these holes in the ceiling? low enough that I can get out on my own. Yeah, you, you can jump up and like grab hold of them and pull yourself up. Okay. Cool. Okay, so um I mean it might it might take you a while because obviously you'll have to jump up, grab on, pull yourself up. You're not gonna just be like and out, but it'd certainly be easier if you got someone to like give you a hand to like pull you up, but you could get out yourself, it's not a problem. I mean especially for you. Yeah. Cool. So uh this is a different shape. So can I see anything on the floor? Is the floor is it like widely travelled or dusty or you don't see like any dust at all on the floor. Like I say, it's just like a smooth sort of plane and there don't seem to be any tracks that you can see or any of the normal sort of like detritus you might expect to find in a cave. One thing you do notice is that as you're sort of going deeper, like the temperature is like getting steadily colder. Not to the point where it's doing you any damage or anything like that, but just so it's noticeable. Like you pro now you're sort of like a couple of levels down. When you breathe out, there's like that little wisp of like your breath sort of coming out. Okay. Which isn't surprising. I mean you're in Balcon and it's cold as anyway, but like it's colder than the surroundings. Okay. Cool. So I would just like then to walk up this slope. Okay. And then so this is just bending around to the left, is That's it? That's correct, yeah. Just keep going a little bit until... Is it, is it an idea to send any of the hired help down at this stage? I figured since I'm dying anyway, if it goes wrong, it's not the end of the world. Yeah, but you don't need to unnecessarily speed up the process. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, so then, John, this is just coming to a point, is it? Indeed. Okay. 
and okay so if i start feeling the walls does any of the wall look different or unusual or is it just plain walls uh, again the it's way? it's absolutely smooth and unblemished which okay. itself is pretty odd and if i look at where the floor slopes um does that look like it slopes naturally or it's a part of the design it certainly looks as though like the slopes like part of the of the sort of chamber. It doesn't look like someone's like sloped the floor afterwards. Okay. Okay. And sorry, is this another hole in the ground? It is indeed. Okay. Well, I believe that's the hole you came down originally, but there's the the other one is. Oh, I see. There. Okay. Okay. So, I will whistle up to the guys. Okay, so um, you, got, you guys hear Malcolm like whistling, excuse me. Um, you can hear he's, like, he's obviously like a bit further down because there's a bit of an echo to his... Uh... Um, so, I guess we'll have a, a signal for follow me and that's what I'll be whistling to get you guys to come a little bit closer. Yeah. Hello. Is, is anyone staying up with the wagons or well obviously you've got your your hired help up there yeah but i mean uh, are we taking someone in with us i'd suggest yeah why don't we bring uh leave the four the two ice walkers with the wagon and the teamster and then bring the four okay yeah. four non-ice walkers in inside Okay, that's fine. Let me just uh, drop them on. There's your four mercs. Okay, obviously if you guys want to go down, you can just move your counters onto the, the hole. That you're nearest to, and it should automatically like move you down to the next level. Yep. Okay, so stop there because Malcolm's just like dropped down to the next level below. Sorry, I assumed that everyone was coming onto that level, and then I was going to drop. I just moved too far. <laughs> no, it's, it's absolutely fine, mate. It's not a problem. Okay, so. As you drop down again into another sort of strangely shaped cavern, Malcolm, you can see there's like sort of raised areas like here, here, and here. You can't really see what's on them because they're sort of raised up, like raised platforms. However, as you drop down, you see sort of like stood next to the hole is what appears to be a skeletal figure wearing some sort of strange like grayish like tattered robes or garb and there's a strange sort of like pulsing green light sort of like emanating from this this skeletal figure okay and at which point 
I'm going to ask, can you guys roll me initiative? We'll go on the group initiative, so just pick one of you guys who wants to roll for it. Just uh, Malcolm, because you're... Hey, D6, Sean, yeah? Yeah, yeah. It's no longer the classic D1, uh, D10. Oh. No. We'll put it out to pasture. Okay, so it's a four. So it will be going first. And basically it gets to the position it's in now as it sort of like, it turns around and without any sound because it's skeletal, it has no vocal cords or anything like that. It starts sort of moving towards you. And like I say, it's wearing this strange sort of tattered robes. There's like some sort of like leather gloves on its hands and it sort of holds its hand out and starts sort of slowly like stumbling towards you. Again, this strange sort of greenish glow sort of emanating from it. Okay. Um, so, how big are these squares? Are they five feet five squares? Feet, yeah. So it's five, it's ten feet away from me, but it's moving in my direction. That's correct. Let me just check that it is five foot, I believe it is. Yeah, yeah five foot, yep. Okay. And how tall are these uh, platforms? They're each about sort of five, ten foot tall. Okay. Okay. So, um, so I think I will just uh, whistle out my uh, contact signal. And okay. I will move forward and strike the creature. Okay, that is absolutely fine. Or strike the floor in the creature's general direction. No problems, I understand. <clears throat> yeah, and indeed that's what happens. You you strike out at it and you do shred like a bit of its uh strange sort of like grey garments that it's wearing, you don't seem to do any actual damage to it. Okay, so Brock and Weimar, what do you guys want to do? So, I suppose the contact noise is coming from this direction? The contact noise is coming from the hole here. Ah, right, yeah, I, I missed that entirely. Yeah, so, yeah, I suppose down we go. I'm going to try and prompt the others to go down first yeah for hirelings I'm going down leading the hirelings I presume okay in which case I will make a quick morale check for them because you're ordering him, them into unknown danger probably won't be a problem but you never know yeah that's fine they will head down They, they obviously pass you, Brock, and they head down to the, the lower level where Weimar and uh, Malcolm have gone. Yeah, I'll follow once the others have gone down. Yep, so if you just move yourself onto the the down hole there, it should automatically put you in the right place. Okay. Yep, so you guys drop down. Obviously, that's pretty much your movement done because uh, you've dropped down the holes, you've been moving about, etc., and you see 
Malcolm like trying to attack this strange sort of skeletal figure with this odd sort of tattered grey garb on with this green unhealthy looking like almost toxic like glow pulsing off it and it's sort of like shambling towards him with its gloved hands held out. What do you guys want to do? Is anyone making an attack or doing anything other than move? I'm not sure if I have enough movement to um, get close. Yeah, it depends if they got any movement left, I guess. Yeah, you, you probably won't have any movement left, no. Yeah, so... Well, what I will do is I will draw the sunlight. So, bleh, sun sword. Yeah, no problem at all. You draw the sun sword and I'll say... Well, the sunlight streams out of it, as per usual. Okay. So if there's nothing else, we'll go on to the this creature's go. And it's going to obviously have a pop at Malcolm, because he's the only one there. It flails ineffectually at you, Malcolm. So like with these clumsy gloved hands just like flailing in your direction, you easily avoid them. However, can you please make me a poison so uh, pass. Okay. So as this thing's flailing at you with this greenish glows playing over you you're really feeling like distinctly like unwell even compared to like recent times although okay. you've, not, you've not taken any damage you've passed your save so okay uh, so is that all for us then yeah let's have it to you guys okay so what I want to try and do is drop around behind the creature mm -hmm. and strike him from the back Uh while calling out to the others to stay away from the creature that it, its uh, presence is toxic. Uh, that's an 18, which I guess is a hit for seven points. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay. okay, so you with the um, with your sword. You deal a vicious swipe to this creature, slicing through its tattered sort of raiments, which appear to be like made out of some sort of strange material you're not familiar with. But you shred through it, and underneath you can see little but bone. There's like no flesh at all. Okay. And this thing sort of like it's almost like on the ground, but it's still with it, whatever unholy power is animating it. It is still moving. Okay. Okay. So Brock these guys got any sort of range weapons or anything these right, guys let me just check them and I will tell you I can't remember what you said I know you said they shields or something okay they have hand axes and shields they don't have any range weapons and if I was to try and throw my spear now that Malcolm's move around, would that be less dangerous? Yeah, I would say there's not much chance of you hitting Malcolm at this point because he's like entirely behind it. Okay. He's well, specifically moved to the rear. I shall try and throw my single spear. Am I on minus two, is it? Yeah. Is that, is that what we said? Yeah. yeah. 
shall try and... No, I don't think that's going to be good enough. Okay, so you throw your spear. Unfortunately, like, weakened as you are by the disease that's ravaging your system, it falls a little short and there's like a... As the spear sticks in the ground, like a forty-five yeah. degree angle. Now I'm not. Sh now, Darren, would you do me a favour? See if you can move the um, the hirelings. I'm not sure whether you'd be able to move them or not. I seem to be able to. Right. Okay. Yeah. But that's not a problem. Just, just basically, if you guys let me know what you want to do with them, I'll just move them for you. For the purposes of this, I'll set up some proper tokens for them for the next session. Yeah, I mean he's. Malcolm sort of warned them off, hasn't he? So, um, yeah, I mean, literally, cause Malcolm's like, "I'll stay away from this thing." They're sort of ready to go. They've got like the hand axes and their wooden shields, but they're sort of like a little bit unsure. They're sort of hanging back. A couple of them look towards, well, the Ice Walkers look towards you, Brock, and like a few of the others look towards you, Weimar, because they're like, "Oh, you know, you hired us to like fight, but we're now being told to stand back." So they're sort of like looking between you all for like confirmation, basically. Yeah, uh, for my part, I'll, I'll give them the nod. Is that the nod to like go in and get him, or uh, it, it's back? it's like like you you stand back for the moment? I mean, okay. is is there any sort of loose, you know, rocks and sort of boulders they could almost throw at it or anything? No, the, again, the the ground appears to be this pretty smooth. Be smooth. Yeah. What they, what they're going to do is they're basically going to the, the four islands. Yeah. They sort of move up to like flank the two of you. So if you get attacked, they can sort of sweep in. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Okay. Why more? So what I'll do is I'll, I'll try my best to... Um, uh, this is going to be a continuous motion. So um, uh, remind me, did, did we attack diagonally? Yeah, or... yeah that's fine. Yeah. So I'll, I'll stride forwards and I'll, I'll try my best to do a sort of like a pirouette swing with my some sword and then continue backwards <laughs> yeah no problems go for it okay here we go is this um undead john it is indeed because this this changes things mm -hmm. well not with that roll though <laughs> <laughs> it would have changed things in a different reality <laughs> okay so you swing the sword, and it, like the sword almost feels like quite unusually heavy in your hand. Like you're not able to land a decisive blow on it. And as you're doing that, you and only you in your head, you hear the the, ram, the normally rambunctious voice of the the sword sort of say, uh, "I I don't really understand these uh these things, whatever they are. Uh, it's it's not like any magic I've ever experienced before." This, uh, there's some sort of sickness pouring off them in this light. Yeah, as I complete my maneuver, yeah, uh, I'll I'll think at the sword, uh, just like if if there's anything you can tell me, uh, well, I I suppose I wouldn't say that because it just said this isn't the kind of thing he's used to. So I'll say. Um, just, just help me extinguish it, and uh, we'll we'll be we'll be done with this foulness. It, it replies in the affirmative, and then almost as if it's thinking to itself, but it's like connected to yeah, you. Yeah. It's like I feel the 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 energies of chaos are strong within this place. This is Whatever no natural is. place. 
-hmm. Yeah, I'll I'll concur at my sword. Yep. Okay. Anyone else left to take any actions? No, I don't think so. Okay, no problems. So, as you're as you're waiting, um, Malcolm, can you please make me another uh, poison save? I can. Uh, success. Okay, again, you're still feeling like quite queasy as this green light's on you, but you've not taken any damage. However, you do all hear like shambling footsteps coming from the north, and another one of these strange, ragged, skeletal like creatures starts like shambling forward, green light seemingly emanating from its features. However, your shock at that is quickly eclipsed by like this as literally a one of these creatures launches itself off one of these raised ledges sort of here and it literally just like walks to the edge and just face forward off the edge of it and just goes <laughs> hits the ground and then slowly almost like a marionette so someone pulling on its strings just starts like swaying onto its feet clad in similar tattered grey raiments as the others Although that that one's taken its move to like do its swan dive off there, so it's just going to be the one attacking uh, Malcolm. So I'll make a quick roll for that. Okay, that is a sixteen. Sixteen hits, yep. So that's three points of damage. So it swings its clumsy hands at you, and as its hand, sort of its gloved hand, like impacts you, and it's just like flailing at you clumsily. Every time its hand like touches you, for a few moments, it almost feels like it, the contact is like burning you, almost okay. like an acid or something like that. And then when it's pulled away, it fades away. But there's like a there's like a sort of like almost like pallid like sort of burn mark where it's touched you. Okay. Over to you guys. Um, do I have a penalty to hit as well, John? Yeah, minus two. Yeah, okay. Uh, so I will just attack this guy. Fifteen. So five points of damage. Okay, so would you like to describe how, with the Sword of Respect, you dramatically destroy this foul creature? <clears throat> um, so it's turned around to face me, so I yeah. guess what I'm trying to do is swing around and try and chop its head off um, and have the head kind of fall and bang against the wall. And indeed, that's what happens, and bereft of its head, the body soon follows and collapses to the floor. As it does, the flickering green light that was playing around it seems to fade away until after a few moments it's dissipated entirely. And you start feeling a lot better now. You're no longer in that sort of range. Okay. Um, and I want to move north towards these creatures. Okay. But not too close. No problem at all. That's me, don't. Okay. Why more? Mal Malcolm, 
What's the play? Uh, kill the creatures. Find a healing lotion. Cure the disease. Take the treasure, and go home. Home by dinner. Home by dinner. Okay. So, Sounds really uh, easy. Yeah. When you when you put it like that. <laughs> I'll. Uh, I'll go there and uh, I'll I'll do a, like a lunging attack and then step back with my remaining. Okay, go for it. Because they, they seem foul uh, in every way. Yeah, I mean, the sword told me as much. It, it, so. Even though even though you don't take any damage unless you start the turn within range of them, when you yeah. enter like this sort of greenish glow, you immediately start feeling like a little bit sickly and like your stomach sort of lurching a little bit. Yeah, and because the the sword, I've. I suppose like uh, Weimar has become kind of reliant on the sword to tell him when things are really bad, and when the sword goes like I I, I don't know what this is. This seems very evil. <laughs> it's like mm, usually you tell me to go kill the thing. Okay, so here goes. Well, that's next to the one on the die, twelve. That is a hit. Okay. For damage. Okay, yeah, so you lunge forward, stabbing the sun sword through the sort of tattered grey robes of this creature. You you hear like a <coughs> as like a chunk of its ribcage breaks off as you plunge the sword into it. However, it still remains standing, albeit with like a gaping hole where part of its ribcage once was. Um can I ask the call the two marks closest to him to step in, attack him, and step back? Yeah, that's absolutely fine. So what I'll do is I'll move them up level with uh, Weimar, but obviously they're stepping in and they're stepping back. Okay. So. Well, I roll 2d20, will I? Yeah, roll 2d20, yeah. Uh, so that looks like one hit and one miss. One of them is hit, yeah. So... If you would like to roll me a d6 for the one that's hit. Uh, five. Okay, yeah. So the two mercenaries sort of like run in, like one runs in first, sort of like running round, like slicing out with the axe, like holding like shield down, axe, shield up, and continue the run. The other person then does the same from the opposite direction. And as the second one runs in, mimicking what Malcolm did earlier, he swings his hand axe and cleanly beheads the creature whose body topples to the floor the green light fading almost instantly and then they sort of run around and take up positions next to Weimar okay. Okay. it's going well guys Brock um, I'm just going to retrieve my spear and uh, sort of just sort of back the guys up Okay, yeah, the two mercenaries who are with you will sort of move to, like, flank you, basically. Because they can obviously see that you're not in a particularly good state at the minute, so they, yeah. they, seem, they seem to be sticking pretty close to you, trying to sort of, like, protect you, basically. Because obviously, yeah. if, like, you guys all die, they don't get paid. Basically. If you want to put it, put it down to brass tacks. Okay, so if no one else has anything else to do... Don't tell anyone we're carrying the money. <laughs> <laughs> so what I'm going to do is obviously this 
this creature is shambling forwards towards you, obviously planning on attacking you. Because um, there's basically four people. I'm going to roll a d4 to see who it shambles towards because it's got enough room to reach you. So one, two. So it's going to shamble into this one of your hirelings there and it's going to attack him. Again, flailing with these clumsy gloved hands at one of your non-ice walker hirelings. Okay, so with that stupendous roll, I'm going to say what actually happens is as it gets level with your hireling, it sort of clumsily flails at him. Over the hireling, literally leans forward and he like smashes it full bore in the face with like his wooden shield, like forcing it back a bit and doing it like a, a little bit of damage. So I'm going to move it up to that. As he as it sort of shambles towards like. He literally just steps forward and he's like <laughs> into its face, like sort of putting his weight behind the shield to force it backwards. Obviously, having seen you guys being like, oh, don't let it get too close. Cool. Uh, he knows what he's doing. Okay. So, yeah, that's that's me done. So, over okay. to you guys. So, I will jump in behind him again. I will give him. A piece of my mind, uh, or not? Maybe uh, try the sword next time. <laughs> yeah. You ain't got much to spare on that front. <laughs> uh, and I will step away. Uh, yeah, behind them. So obviously, both you and Brock, you're really starting to feel the effects of this like sickness now, and you've been exerting yourself to take on the creature here, and like you're starting to get out of breath and tired more quickly than you would do if you're in your prime. So like, it's starting to become like a struggle to like lift your sword and swing it. So your blows are getting like, a bit clumsier. And you realise that oh, I've missed, but you carry on your run to sort of like put a bit of distance between yourself and it. Okay, Brock? Um, I'm just going to launch my spear from a safe distance. I don't trust myself to get in and out. Okay. He's a... Uh... Oh, I thought I got away with it there for a second. No. Just one off. Okay, so again, you throw your spear, and this time it actually, like, sticks in the the sort of, like, the, the tattered, like, robes or, like, suit that this thing's wearing. But, like, it's just, like, stuck through the fabric. It's not actually damaged it. So this thing's, like, stumbling towards you with, like, your spear, like, sticking out of its robe. Okay. Why am I? Hit and run time. Yeah, it's same thing. Step forward, prepared with the with the overhead strike, and let's see if we can. Yep. Oh, hello. Oh, dang. Oh, yep. <laughs> okay, so yeah, you've quite comprehensively dealt with this creature. So, how does it go down? How do you strike the killing blow? Um, I think if there's a because it's it does more damage to the undead. Yeah. Uh, I presume that is because it's, it's it's burning them specifically well. Yeah, it's like holy fire consuming. Yeah, so I, I think there's because uh, like stepping in with the overhead strike as I said, and it just like connects with the head, and I, I think the um, it's almost like hot knife into butter where the 
the the frame and the ragged you know remnants of clothing and and the bones themselves it just sort of like squeezes into a pile of dust as the sword comes down it's like immolates as the sword goes and then just there's a there's a pile of particulate matter on the floor and indeed that is exactly what happens as the in the sort of buffy the vampire slayer style you know in the stake of vampire mm-hmm. you watch as this thing falls to the ground and it's literally like disintegrating and burning as it falls and because you got such a good roll i'm gonna say as it sort of falls down one-handed swipe while my takes it down he like reaches out with his other hand like literally grabs your spear out of its robe as it's falling down brock and just sort of, like throws it over to you mm. They Save can't. that stuff. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. Okay, I'll I'll take a because we saw someone drop here, yep. was it? Yeah. So I'll I'll take a peek down uh, as I. It's a it's a raised uh, area. Ah. Right. Oh yeah yeah yeah. So it, I got a lemon. Yeah, yeah yeah. Yeah, he pretty much just pitched himself over the side and yeah. on the ground. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, so I'll I'll. I'll go flank Malcolm here. Yeah, no problems. Obviously, we're not strictly in combat rounds now, guys, so feel free to move yourself and do what you do. Can we see anything uh... up there? Is it like a tunnel or anything? Not not that you can see at the moment. You'd need to get a great vantage point to be able to see onto it. Okay. Um, So can I quickly explore these uh, passageways? Yep. Again, yeah. the ground appears to like, in this case, sort of slope downwards a little bit, and okay. they they each taper off into like a little sort of point. Again, sort of strangely smooth, and very sort of, uh, sort of geometric. You know, very precise. But you haven't seen okay. anything of particular interest down there. Okay. So then I will suggest to Weimar that he gives me a boost up onto this platform. Sure. I'll uh, I'll actually get my shield. Yeah. Uh, we can use that. Yeah, a, a couple of the um, a couple of the hirelings can help you as well, so it's not like a strenuous yep. effort. Yep. You know, you will grab the edge of the shield, like lift it up. Yep. yep. You as you peer onto the sort of like the platform here, you see it's a fairly small platform. There's nothing of particular note on there. However, as you're sort of looking around, you're high enough to now see onto the platform opposite here. Okay. And as you're sort of peering over there you can see what appears to be in the middle of the floor is a the long dead body of some sort of figure lying on the ground um, okay. there appears to be, it appears to be quite tall quite sort of spindly i mean you can't really see any details but there appear to be like these strange sort of dark almost like tendrils snaking out from this body that appear to like go into the walls Okay. Okay. And can I see anything on this southern one down here? Uh, yeah, you're high enough to see that. Again, you don't see anything particularly noteworthy on that. It just appears to be like a raised area. Okay. So I'll jump down and say that there's some body over here, but it looks super sketchy. Um, and, but. I will also jump up and investigate it. Okay, no problems. Uh, can I jump up there at all? Oh, I can. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay, so you jump up at the, the far end here. You can see what appear to be 
like sort of stalactites coming down from the ceiling. But again, they're very smooth and very powerful. They almost look like teeth sort okay. of coming down from the ceiling and not almost meeting the floor. And again, there's this this sort of body wearing another one of these suits made out of strange sort of greyish sort of a like a cross between like cloth and metal. Of this appears to be like a lot harder and a lot more reinforced than the um, the sort of skeletal creatures you fought earlier. And again, from from various orify. There are these dark tendrils sort of heading off that appear to just like go smoothly merge with the walls. Okay. And can I sense whether they're going from the creature into the wall or from the wall into the creature? Due to them being like slightly thicker at the where they come from the walls, you think they've probably come out of the walls and gone into this body, this person, whoever it may have been. Okay, and it did but basically now it looks like a skeleton, does it? Yeah. Okay. And also looking around, you can see that the sort of figure as it's lying on the ground a short distance away from one of its hands, you can see what appears to be a small sort of transparent file that appears to have like liquid in it. Okay. It's got a sort of dark browny bluish liquid in it. Okay. And would I have seen anything like that liquid before? It, it, it it's a darkish liquid. You've probably seen dark liquids before. Okay. Um. So can I reach around and pick up the vial? Yeah, no problem. You you pick it up. It's it's weird because at first you thought it was glass, but it actually appears to feel like a lot lighter. You but it, okay. it's transparent like glass. You pick it up. It's got like a little sort of stopper on it. You you take the top off and it smells absolutely vile. This okay. horrible like acrid smell wafts up out of this dark liquid okay and can I tell anything about the clothes of the skeleton or what's left of the okay as you're sort of looking at the dead body it appears to be wearing a, it's like a, a strange suit of it's some sort of armour although it's not like armour you've seen before it's it's got that sort of silvery shimmer like metal but it it seems to have like the flexibility almost that you should expect from like leather armor it, it's quite bulky but you notice that like sort of having a look at it you think it's probably all right against the cold like it doesn't appear to like there's no frost or anything on it you'd expect like metal to be okay. showing signs of the cold whereas it doesn't appear to be and do i think it could be taken off the creature you think it could be taken off the body? Obviously, you'd have to sort of like unstrap it all and take it off the body. Okay, so I'd like to try that. Okay, yeah. As you start sort of taking it off, the tendrils that are in the body suddenly detach from the body and <laughs> slither back into the walls, where they seem to like merge with the walls and like disappear. Okay. Um. Yeah, it'll take take you a few minutes, but you start taking the the suit of yeah. armor off. That's fine. Okay. One thing so. you do notice as you're sort of taking it off, out of what appears to be like effectively like a pocket on this armor, a another of these sort of strange like vials falls out, but this one has like a sort of white, almost like pearlescent liquid in it. And when you sort of like have a sniff of it, there's no smell to it. Okay, so while this is going on, what's everyone else up to? 
should we put more people on the platform or <clears throat> explore the uh... I should I think we should certainly have at least someone up there so if we if we send a couple of our new friends after Malcolm yeah that's fine so let's, let's boost boost two of those guys up yeah that's not a problem a couple of the hirelings are boosted up after uh, Malcolm and uh, I'll I'll take a a gander this way. Okay, yeah. And the other two are going to sort of keep fairly tight to mm -hmm. Brock, unless all yeah. the ones. Yeah. So as we move up, yeah. Yeah. So looks like someone spilled their um, juice. Yeah, there yeah. is definitely like a sort of blood stain that appears to be sort of partly smeared up this raised platform and partly like around the the bottom of it. We can have a look know. to see how fresh that is, I guess. Yeah. Don't know what would do that, though. I mean, it, it might be a, a stain that's just stayed on this weird surface. Hmm. Or it's a fresher thing. Yeah. Well, let's take a look. Okay, as you have a look at it, it's it's a dried blood stain. It's obviously been there for quite some time. Cause it's like, you can tell, by the way, it's like dark and then sort of oxidised. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's like a splash. Yeah. Right. Okay. But you can see, as you look through it, it looks as though, like, part of it sort of is, like, smeared up the wall, almost as though someone was, like, bleeding and was, like, mm -hmm. climbing up the wall. And, like, part where it's dribbled down, it's, like, pulled. Yeah. Is there drag marks uh, in the blood? There are drag marks that appear to go up the... Up the thing. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I will. I will gesture uh, to the rest. It's just like <laughs> lift you up. Yeah, it's like, lift me up so that I can take a peek. This might be somewhere we really don't want to go. Well, let's take a look because we need to know what is doing this here. That, that's fine. You should be able to move yourself onto the um, the, the raised uh, area, and once you do, it should show you what's on there. Oh, here we go. Okay, so, yeah, because from here I would see what's in there uh, yeah. as I get over the ledge. Um, and it's a small alcove, it uh, is I'll say, down uh, to the rest. And you shout down to everybody, and you can see a, a sort of fairly old corpse. This one appears to be wearing the tattered, sort of rotted remnants of, sort of dark brownish, like Hessian-style robes. You can see that... As you sort of like look at the body, you can see beneath the body, like sort of like, like it's lying on top of it, is what appears to be a long length of wood, so like a wooden staff, and mm -hmm. clutched in one of its sort of skeletal hands is what appears to be some sort of book or uh, it's like a small book with like leather binding on it. The cover appears to be made of like dried or pressed leaves. I will take out the stun sword, yep. and I will just tap it on the skull, yeah, or what remains of the head. You you tap it on the body. The, there's no flare yep. of light that would lead you to believe yep. it's undead. Okay. I'll I'll put it away, and uh, I will gather whatever effects that remain on this corpse that are still intact. Okay, no problems. 
So you pick up this wooden staff, sort of like prizing it out from under yep. the body, and there's like a sort of a slightly like curved like wooden yeah, hook crook. on top of it. Yeah, a crook. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So I'll, I'll take the, the crook and uh, is, is the book, uh, as I sort of very gently touch it, does it fall apart? It doesn't fall apart. Um, you open it and have a quick look through it. Most of the writing appears to have been like destroyed or smudged beyond pretty much all recognition or written in some sort of cipher that you don't understand. But there are a couple of passages written in common a sort of fairly archaic version of it. Mm -hmm. And it says, There are not many of us left now who respect the old ways. Perhaps my brother Droon were right to wall themselves off from the coming winter as they did. But the ways to their hiding place are now warded and lost to us. And then you like flip forward until you find mm -hmm. another readable entry. And it says, I have located the resting place of what would surely be one of the fallen children of chaos, but vile dead things protect it. I have evaded them and crouched on this miserable ledge. I fear their enchantments may have affected me, and I begin to grow weak. And then there's like a smudge as though like the, the pen or the quill yeah. had fallen out of his hand when I was writing. Yeah. And you see where the... Is that where the bloodstains lead to this? Point? Yeah, yeah. Whoever this was, they might have bled there and then crawled here to die. So they sort of end at that, that body. Mm-hmm. And at this point... Malcolm, can you please make me a surprise roll? Yeah, can. Tree. Okay. I'll have to check how surprise works. It's been that long. Yeah, it's been a while. Okay, there we go. Surprise. So a result of one or two, you are surprised, so you are not surprised. So, can you also make me a roll, Malcolm, for the henchman? Again, it's just a d6. Just one roll for both of them. Right, so, no, they're not so they're not surprised either. So, the three of you, as you're sort of examining this, and obviously they're, they're there with their shields, sort of keeping a lookout, covering your back, basically, while you're sort of like searching this body, you hear like this, this clanking, sort of slithering sound coming from above you and as you look up you see what appears to be a writhing mass of sort of greyish silver tentacles snaking out from the ceiling towards yourself and the your stalwart hirelings okay so I'll start whistling okay and at this point, can one of you make an initiative roll? And I'll roll for the body. Oh, that would be a one. Okay, so that is going first. So I'm going to make a, a quick d6 roll to see who it goes for first. One to two, it's Malcolm. Anything else, it's one of the hirelings. Okay, so it's one of the hirelings. What was it to drop down the same thing, Skelly? Sorry? Was it? No, it's some sort of a tentacle. Oh, creature. The tentacle thing. Okay. Probably the child of chaos that we heard about. Oh, okay. I should be fine then. <laughs> it's, yeah, completely immune to chaos tentacles. As okay. a class feature. 
<laughs> so these tentacles snake. They appear to be like be attached somewhere in the darkness, like to the the ceiling, like the other tendrils you saw. This writhing, almost like Medusa-like mass of silvery grey tentacles, snakes down and heads towards the hireling stood nearest to it. Luckily, the hireling has seen it coming. Obviously, your whistle alerted him. He basically like rolls out of the way. You see the the tentacles sort of like almost like snap sort of at the area where he was and you can see they're actually each the end of each tentacle of this are these wickedly curved almost metallic looking hooks on them that are like okay right, that, that's it done over to you guys okay so i will basically run in and try and Okay, and uh, twelve. Okay, so you run in, you swing the sword of respect at one of these tendrils, and you get like a metallic clang as your sword hits it, but your blade just like slides down the tendril without doing any damage. Okay. Okay, let me make a couple of rolls for your. Uh... I can do that either if you want to. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Yeah, go for it. Uh, so that's two misses. Yeah. So, so likewise, they're like hacking at these tendrils, like trying to fend them off with their shields, hacking with their hand axes. You hear this? All of you guys can hear echoing around the these caves, like these loud clangs and shouts. But you've not managed to do any severe damage. Okay, Brock. Is there anything else up there? Is there like um, a further no. passage or anything? I mean, no, is it worth just, is it worth just pulling back? Yeah, yeah, we need to go. Away from the tentacles. Oh, um, oh, you mean? Yeah, well, Why? yeah. I mean, we're going, but I mean, as well as I didn't know if Malcolm, if there's anything further on. Now you sort of investigated the body. Do you need to be up there? This. Sort of... uh, I haven't got my armor yet. Oh, you're still trying to. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I'm gonna. Um, I'm gonna start to move down. One, two, three. I'm gonna move down to here, and I'm gonna gesture for the, the guys to go and help, up on the platform. Highlands guys. Okay, yeah, no problem. They will run over to there and start climbing up so on the next turn. They'll be able to yeah, move up there. Okay, so why more? What about yourself? Uh, if I can, I'll, I'll make my way down, hopefully with less blood. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that would be one, two... Three, four, five, six, seven, and eight. As I scuttle down and forward. Indeed. Okay, so on to the the monster. So again, since since it, it's a mass of things, although we've got a token for convenience, I'm going to roll randomly to see who it attacks because these tentacles are just flailing about everywhere. Okay, so it's going for this guy here. Okay, so 
it's snapping at this guy. As it does so, you will watch in horror, Malcolm, as these these tentacles basically like latch onto like the sort of neck and head of this of one of your hirelings, who immediately starts sort of like thrashing around as though he's having some sort of palsy or some sort of seizure. And he's like lifted up into the air by like these hooks that are in his neck and his head. And you see, like basically, as he's like being pulled up into the darkness of the ceiling, you see like his legs sort of like kicking him out. And he's like, "Hey!" At which point, a and you'll all notice this, a a sort of noticeable like vibration starts running through the floor of the chamber that you're in. Okay. Over to you guys. Can the creature still be attacked? Yeah, it's still. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'll move in and give it. Ooh, okay, that looks good. Uh, seven points of damage. Okay, so as this writhing mass of tendrils is lifting one of your hirelings up and he's disappearing into the darkness, you jump forward with the Sword of Respect and I hack off one of these tendrils. It flops to the ground and like thrashes around, spraying this sort of like black ichor out of the, the severed end of it. And then after a few moments, it lies still. But like the main okay. mass is still lifting this dude up. Uh, so this dude is out of action, right? Yep. Right. So it's just three for the hirelings. Yep. Don't forget, there's uh, only there's only um two of them at the moment. Was it? Was it not? There were so the the other two have still not climbed up yet. So it's just the one. Sorry. So I had they were climbing up the last go, and then they were uh, available this go. No, did I mishear that? Alright, that's fine. Uh, so he misses. Cool. Okay. So now the hirelings have gone on. Move those guys up. Okay, so one more. Okay, um, I will. Station. Did Brock already do his thing? I haven't moved, but I'm just yeah. dead weight, really. If I go up there, I'm just yeah, causing but more. You've problems. got a spear. <laughs> so. Yeah, but that thing's thrashing around all over the place. I mean, it's literally just picking any target on the platform, isn't it? Um, I don't think we can see it from down here, can we? So, uh. John, I, I've moved my squares. Um, if I run, can I climb the thing? Yeah, so I'll I'll do that as my you know, action thing. Yeah, and normally probably not, but like the um, there's a couple of your guys who are like literally like on the edge of it, so they'll reach like a hand down and like yeah. help heave you up the rest of the way. And I'll, I'll motion for Brock, like, just, you know, at, at the very least, like, station yourself somewhere near the... Yeah, yeah, I'll come over. Because yeah. but... if, if anything reaches over the thing, you can, you know, spear. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, I'll um, get my shield out, sword, when I get up top. Yeah, no problems. Okay, so on to the, the next turn for the monster. So the tendrils snake up into the darkness, 
of the ceiling carrying the unfortunately hooked tiling with it and now this like vibration that's running through the floor has started to get even like stronger it's like you can see like small bits of like sort of rubble are like sort of falling down not like dangerous but like bits of dust and stuff like that are falling down okay um can i come back and quickly unhook what's left of the armor yeah, yeah, I'd say it'd normally take a bit longer yourself, but obviously your hirelings can help. Um, Weimar can help as well. Um, I'm going to make a quick morale check for your guys, because I've just seen one of their dudes like, pulled up into probably a fairly grisly fate. Yeah, they're fine. They're made of stern stuff. They're veterans. They're, they don't look happy about it, but, you know, they're sort of... They're still there with their shields like raised up in case this thing comes back down. They've got their axes ready. They're sort of bracing themselves. They're trying to give you a bit of cover like Malcolm and Weimar with their shields as they're sort of ready. The tentacles and this guy have like disappeared up into the the ceiling, the darkness of the ceiling. Okay. Um, so I stole that armor and then... Okay. Uh, Weimar, what do you think? Should we go down again? I mean, I, I, I didn't see what was going on, but it sounded bad. Yeah. Um, can your son sort help um, identify these uh, liquid vials I have to see if one of them might help Brock? Uh, are, do we, are we doing combat? No, we're not in combat now. Okay, so I'll, um, yeah, I'll, I'll think at the sword. Like, do you do you understand what these potions are? Think, what do you take me for? I'm a holy sword, not a merchant. Let me rephrase, uh, or rethink. <laughs> are are these foul magic? Do do you think? It says uh, the 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 dark liquid. Yes, definitely. Okay. I'd stay well clear of that. Dark liquid, probably bad, um, though can't really tell specifically, but okay, that, that's, if, that's the best we have. And if I smell the white liquid, John, what does that smell yeah, like? no scent at all. Okay. As you also stood there down at the, the base of this, uh, this raised platform, Brock, like I said, this vibration is starting to get stronger. Now, you're a you're a man of the world, you're used to like the natural environment and stuff like that. You notice that the like the walls of the of the whole area have sort of started to almost like sort of move in and out slightly. And it puts you very in mind of like something breathing with the sort of like the regular rhythm as these walls are like And obviously you can all see that I was just highlighting it to see if Brock wanted to do anything. Um, I'm going to very gingers, you know, gingerly sort of move over to one of the walls and sort of lightly touch it to see if I can feel it actually moving and get okay. any idea of what that is. That is absolutely fine. Can you please make me a poison save? Uh, 
No, probably not. Okay. No. So, as you put your hand on the, one of these like pulsing walls, your hand goes icy cold. And for a few seconds, you're like, you're no longer stood in this strangely shaped cavern. You find yourself standing on a, a snow-covered landscape. It looks a little bit like Valconan, but like, you don't recognize any of the landmarks around you. Then in the distance, you hear this horrendous, like undulating, screeching noise. And as you look into the distance, you see these gigantic, midnight, black, almost arachnid-like forms. Huge. Sort of heaving themselves out of the ground and scuttling forward. Each of them giving vent to one of these undulating screams as they rise from the ground. Then suddenly you, like, you snap back into yourself and you're stood once again in this pulsating cavern. Your hand on the wall. There's like almost like a little bit of like like frost burn on your hand but like not enough to do any real damage more witchcraft I'll put that down to however as this is going on obviously that's taken a few moments the, the rest of you are in no doubt that like whatever this cave is it's starting to move okay uh, can I examine these teats? Yeah. You okay. head towards them, and I said they're very smooth, sort of almost like rapier like, sort of stalactites coming down. But as you look at them, you can see, looking from the uh, the material they're made out of, they're almost like a bone like material. Okay. So, like you say, like sort of sharp, like teeth. Okay. Okay. So I will jump down. Um, I will give the vial of white liquid to Brock. Okay. Let's say I, I found this on a fallen warrior. Um, it may be healing. It may not. Um, but we're in a bad spot. And okay, so he's just like, here is random liquid. Might heal you. Holds it out to you. It's in this weird sort of transparent file that feels very light and it's like a sort of pearlescent white sort of liquid with no smell to it. Well, I feel we should um, search the rest of this place. And if we're going to search it, we'd do it as quickly as possible. It feels like it's almost the walls are coming to life. Okay. Um, and whatever we find, we can maybe take back to the friar. He seemed to be quite knowledgeable True. on these remedies. Okay. So, the next level? I think we should, yeah, search okay. as quickly as possible. So, because we're getting on a bit, I'll speed you through this. You head, you head down to the next level, and there is another level below that. They appear to be like mirrors of the two levels you've already come through very similar layout smooth sort of pointed teardrop shaped chambers you don't find anything of particular interest in them but like you can now see that like the walls are starting to like shift and sort of like move almost so they're sort of breathing or is this 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 place is somehow been imbued with some sort of unholy sort of emanation of life 
And we've pretty much searched the whole place, haven't we? Yeah. Pretty much. Well, I suggest we get out of here if, it, if it's not going to give us anything else. I will, before we depart, uh, I will have shown the book to Malcolm, and I will also ask the sword if it can read any of the bits that I can. Okay, yep, yeah, so it it reads the bits that you can't, that's not a problem, it uses your eyes to do so, mm -hmm. and it says that uh, it would appear this fellow is um, what's known as a as a druid. It's an offshoot of one of the uh, the older uh, Senna mages. Uh, uh, I suppose you'd call them like a subsect, if you will. Uh, just before the, the the Great Ice Age, uh, they sort of fractured off the the Senna, and their their plan to survive it was they were going to build themselves a a sanctuary away from the threat of the oncoming Ice Age. Uh, as to if they succeeded or failed, I honestly don't know. But they were they were reputed to be well known in the art for having the arts of healing the wilderness. They were very in touch with the natural world. So, what do we think? Is this something we want to chase down? I'm not sure how. About isn't the Senef burial nearby here? Well, I say nearby, but... Ish, yeah. Ish, yeah. Uh, as you're doing that, on the platform, there's suddenly a... And, like, from up above in the ceiling, like, a body drops down. And you recognise the hiding. It takes you a few moments to realise that it's missing its head. Okay. And, like, uh... the, the head looks like it's been just, like, neatly, almost surgically severed. Like the neck. Nice. What about blood? Is it blood? Or, yeah. um... Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, okay. So... You can also see there's, like, traces of this strange sort of, like, blackish ichor around the cut, like when Malcolm severed the tendril. Okay. Suggest we get out of town? Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. a couple of your hirelings are like nodding emphatically at this point. Yeah. So I think we'll just head up to the uh, top level and get out. Okay, and it's absolutely fine. I'll move you all back onto the main map. So yeah, so you you head out of this place. You know the way out. It doesn't take you that long to escape and you find yourself next to this hole and as it's sort of whatever this place is is like shifting and moving around underground you see like soils like falling down into like the hole okay obviously we've got Brock's holding his like vial of palescent liquid you've got like the the, the sort of acrid dark liquid Weimar's got like this staff that this dude had, was laying on he's got the book and obviously you've got this uh, this lovely suit of armour as well. Okay. Hmm. So. Um, I'm not sure what the staff is about. But do we want to go chasing down the Senna... Or whatever 
we might find there. I'm not sure what we are looking for exactly. I don't know, and we still have this ticking clock, right? Yes. Um, so, John, uh, sorry, uh, this hole in the ground, does it sound familiar to what the friar described? Okay, so it sounds fairly similar, yeah. Okay, and he found some green liquid or yeah, something. Yeah, the, the sort of like the trader who, the, the snake or salesman, the con man, if you will, who went there, said he basically went in there and there were these weird, like, things protecting it, and he was able to just snag this, like, green liquid, and, he, and then he just ran for it. Okay, but did he say he'd seen treasure as well? Yeah, he said he'd seen, like, strange things down there. He didn't specify exactly what, though. Okay. Okay. So the only thing that makes me mention the Senna stronghold site to the west is because of that book that Weimar found. You know, they're, they're masters of healing and, you know, that mm -hmm. sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. So... Again, if we're in the vicinity, without many other options, is it something that's worth investigating? Uh, um, yeah, you go, Malcolm. Uh, sorry, John. Do we know how far we are from the the northern forts? Um, oh, let's ask our friends, the Ice Walkers. Oh yeah, if, if they have any kind of even a vague idea of how long until the forts. From the you probably at least a uh, two or three days travel, let's say. Okay. Hmm. And have they got any knowledge of who who sort of staying in those forts? They're just like oh, it, it's another couple of nobles from like across the sea, pretty similar to the other forts. Uh, uh, bullseyes like oh yeah, like one of them's like obsessed with like hunting birds. He's got like loads of them. He's like oh. I'd, I once guarded like a, a trader who went up there and he's like oh yeah the the Lord Hawk he's, like, he's absolutely obsessed with like falcons and hawks he's got loads of them well, it doesn't sound like healing <laughs> so we'll, we'll put that <laughs> down as an interesting place to visit later okay. so it's been three days. It's the guts of another day to get to the Senna stronghold. Mm -hmm. I mean, if we're running out of time, I'm I'm willing to you know take some of this white sort of potion stuff. But I think we should investigate other options as as long as we can. If if we can spare the the travel, the Senna site was. Uh... Uh, do, I forget, sorry, John. Do we know the details that we established for the Senna sites in character? Yeah, so this was a, a, a significant tree, wasn't it? In the West here. Um, without knowing anything, that sounds much more promising than like runic stones in fortress, you know, foundations. Uh, for what we're trying to do here, which is out of everyone's expertise, <laughs> but I, if I was looking for something to break a curse, uh, I would rather go for the Senna tree, than the fort right now. But that's again, you. I'm, I'm just trying to help. 
<laughs> you, you, you know best. Well, that's uh, that's that's my opinion from what the sword has basically read from the book. Yeah, yeah well, it's only a day's travel, so we can not even half a day's travel. We can go and explore. I think mm-hmm. so. All right, I guess we're going to settle set out to the west. Okay, no problems. So with the wind behind you, you set off to the west, heading towards what you believe to be this ancient Senna stronghold. And as you're heading towards that, you hear the cracking of the ground behind you. And a what appears to be a huge, huge, dark midnight black shape that seems to almost rear out of one of your visions, Brock, that you had in the caves, heaves itself up out of the ground with this undulating high-pitched cry as the cavern that you were exploring appears to be the inside of this creature as this like three-limbed like arachnid shape literally heaves itself out of the ground you see a flash of these now exposed like white teeth at the front of it and it lifts its face as though perhaps sniffing the air or perhaps looking for signs of prey and that is where we're going to leave off for this evening guys thank you very much for playing I hope you all enjoyed the game i've just i'm just gonna i'm happy to chat for a bit obviously i'm just gonna say thank you very much for playing guys thank you anyone who's watching this i will end the stream here then we'll sort of xp and such like yeah okay so thanks again guys and hopefully we'll catch you in the future if you thanks guys thanks Sean. thanks Sean. Cool.